listening to the Fremantle Arts Centre podcast. My name is Davey Craddock. I coordinate the events at the Arts Centre. But in today's podcast, I'm really happy to be handballing the whole podcast to Catherine Wilkinson. Catherine coordinates Revealed, which is our annual showcase of new and emerging Aboriginal art from right around Western Australia. And in today's episode, we're chatting to Natalie Davey in Fitzroy Crossing. Natalie creates work out of Munkajar Arts. And we're also speaking to Jessica Jubb from the Perth Hill. Now, both Natalie and Jessica are jewellers, and they both make work very much based on the landscape that they are living in. Jess is not an Aboriginal artist, but this is the story of how Jess and Nat's paths crossed when Jess was living in Fitzroy Crossing, and the work that has come about as a result of that. And that work right now is in a Fremantle Art Centre, some beautiful jewellery that Natalie has created. And that is in one of our galleries now as part of Revealed. So if this conversation interests you, come along and experience Natalie's work. I'm going to hand over now to Catherine and she'll guide you through this chat, which we had earlier last week with Jess and Natalie. Hi, my name is Catherine Wilkinson and I'm the coordinator for the 2020 Revealed exhibition. Revealed is an annual program run by Fremantle Arts Centre on behalf of the Department of Local Government, Sports and Cultural Industries. It's a program that brings together new and emerging practices from Aboriginal artists from across Western Australia. A large part of the program is an art market and also an exhibition which we showcase every year. And this year's exhibition brings together new works from over 100 artists from across the state, including artists from regional and remote areas, as well as independent artists from metropolitan Perth and the southwest. This year, we were a little delayed with opening the exhibition due to social restrictions in place, but we're so happy to have been able to launch an online catalogue which has allowed people to purchase artworks directly from artists. Now that Fremantle Arts Centre is back open, so is the revealed exhibition, and we really encourage everyone to come down and see the amazing works from across Western Australia. Uh, The works this year include painting, installation, video, textiles, photography, print media, jewellery and sculpture, and we think it's one of our best years yet. For the Fact Chats podcast this week, we decided to highlight uh, one of the revealed artists who's really uh, experimenting with a new practice and who's collaborating with another artist in the making of her work. So we had a talk with Natalie Davey, an artist uh, based in Fitzroy Crossing with Munkajar Arts, and also Jessica Jubb, who's a Perth-based jewellery maker and visual artist. And they work together to create a new series of jewellery works which are on display at the Revealed Exhibition. We started our conversation with Nat having a chat to us about Fitzroy Crossing. So, well, to get location first, uh, Fitzroy Crossing is in the northwest, so the region called the Kimberley. Um, If anybody's ever flown into Broome or heard of that, it is then about four hours drive inland um, from there. So it's a bit of a hike to get here, but it's a beautiful spot. Um, so Mangacha is a art centre. It's a bit different than a lot of the community art centres because um, we have a lot of different language groups in the one place. So Fitcher Crossing is very unique in the sense that we have five main, what we call heritage languages um, there, which is Bonaba, Wamajari, Gunayandi, uh, Yigana, I've forgotten someone. Oh, Wonkajunka. Um, and then, so we service quite a few language groups. 
Um, a lot of community um, when you're going through uh, is a part of just one community. So it's just one family, one language group. So we we actually cater to quite a few people. But sort of our main, um, one of the main things that we do is um, support support our artists in developing their skills and their audience to reach across like a lot of different types of things. So, you know, you, a lot of times people think of art centers and just acrylic painting, but we're, um, you know, supporting our artists to try out all sorts of mediums. And that's where I was able to get that um, chance to try out what I enjoy. Yeah, and because the amazing thing about Mankaja, having followed um, the work of, of the artists for many years now, is, you know, um, mm. the artists work, like you said, across so many different mediums and um, a lot of the artists have worked in fashion and it's so amazing to see the sort of jewellery practices that are coming out of Fitzroy. And Nat, how did you, well, when did you first start working at, at Mankaja? Um, well, I've sort of been on and off. I mean, Munkich has been around since oh, it was part of Gareli, which was the adult education centre in Vitra Crossing, and then it became its own art centre. So um, just as a kid, I've been in and out of <laughs> Munkich a lot with family and checking out what's been happening. But then there, myself, I think returning to Fitzroy in 2010, um, and when I was looking for work, that was the one of the places that I started working. Um, and I was just on the floor and answering phones and helping artists with different things like that. Um, and that was kind of my first, um, I guess, working with them. And I've been associated with them ever since, um, whether it's uh, in developing my own art or uh, working with them in some capacity. We then spent some time talking about how Jess came to be in Fitzroy Crossing and how she came to work with Nat. Yeah, well, I'm actually living closer to the city now, but before I um, before I went to Fitzroy Crossing, I was living up in the hills. I was in Gidjigan up on a, a large property, about 400 acres, and I was just feeling like I didn't have enough space. <laughs> um, and... I suppose I'd also designed my business as a jeweller but with a background in visual arts so I had chosen the medium simply because um, it would allow me to travel, I could take small tools with me and the works that I made could simply fit in a drawer rather than making large sculptures that tend to not really have a place unless they're commissioned. So it had been 10 years that I had been working in creative industries and making jewellery, but I hadn't actually done a lot of travel. So I had an opportunity at that stage to, to move to Fitzroy Crossing um, and explore the Kimberley. And yeah, I guess I was looking for adventure and I found some. <laughs> <laughs> and so I, I lived up in Fitzroy Crossing for a Two and a half years. It might be hard for us to imagine what the landscapes of Fitzroy Crossing are like, but Nat's jewellery works in the revealed exhibition really paint a detailed picture of the sort of intricate details of the native animals of the region. Nat's works are so clearly influenced by her deep knowledge of and connection to country, which she talks a little bit about here. Um, so one of my biggest loves, I guess, is um, the environment and being out on country and uh, like I mentioned before one of the reasons I kept missing Jess was I was 
um, working with the Bunaba Rangers, which is a, um, a, a Aboriginal um, Bunaba group within um, Fitcher Crossing, because this is Bunaba country. And being back on country and being able to work with um, our native animals and different things like that is where I got a lot of my inspiration for. Well, one of my favourite animals is the freshwater crocodile. And um, so I'd always wanted, I love when you see them in the water, you you can only see sort of three parts of them. So you can see the uh, nose up the front of their um, uh, mouth and then sort of their eyes sort of in this sort of triangle shape and then a bit of their back and most of the rest of them is underwater. So I'd always wanted to get that shape into a ring or some kind of thing. So one of my first things that I tried was the um, crocodile ring and it was it's based on um, a crocodile swimming or those three points is the only thing you see as it's sort of gliding along and that's one of them I think I think that was the first thing I um, had a bash at carving and it's funny it's been in my head for so long that it was actually really easy for me to carve it because I didn't realize how long I'd been drawing it or getting that shape uh, refined so when I got you know I finally found a medium I could create it in so it just it was kind of like magic I was like oh there it is I've, <laughs> and that ring <laughs> I've is had it in my exactly... head for so long and now there's this actual um, thing in my hand and it's it was so weird like I'm I'm still quite freaked out there's only one version of it and it's down there all by itself away yeah. from me I just but... saw it now it's safe <laughs> oh did it <laughs> yeah that looks very beautiful on display too and exactly how you oh describe, I, I love that image of the crocodile just sort yeah. of peering yeah. out of the water and that's exactly sort of how it comes across in, in the ring. Yeah. Um, have you seen the crocodile before? Yeah. Yeah. That was another reason why I desperately had to get to the Kimberley was to see a crocodile. <laughs> plenty up <laughs> <Yeah>. there. <laughs> yeah, you just go down to the river for a while and then yeah. one will pop up in that Put exact toe in. kind of shape. <laughs> yeah. And that, what about Any your... of them are coming after your toe. Yeah, I don't know if I've ever heard anyone going up to chase a crocodile. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely saw them. Oh, out. they're magnificent. They're so beautiful. And yeah. they've got so many different patterns. Um, and they're all like just that how you relay um, that pattern and shape onto stuff. Because I know, uh, is that one up there? There's um, also another thing that I'm interested in is, you know, those um, cycles of our um, seasons. And so there is one that I did with the um, crocodile and its eggs and like just the whole process like um, of them working out where to dig, um, where it's going to be right b before sort of, you know, the uh, wet season to make sure they all get into the water and um, just like the heat. There's only a couple of uh, temperature either way that um, determines, you know, what sex the um, crocodiles will be and all of this kind of stuff I just find all of that fascinating in those cycles and on country and being aware of them so a lot of that comes from that um, so the other and I think there's a is it a dependent I can't remember what I called it it's a really weighted one yes and one side it has the crocodile um, with its eggs and then the other side is just um, taken from like a pattern of um, their skin because I just find their scales just uh, incredible. They're so beautiful. 
And the other thing, uh, one of the other animals that I'm really fascinated by is the galwanyi. Um, uh, galwanyi is sawfish in um, Bunaba. And just for reference, gai is the name for freshwater crocodile in Bunaba as well. Um, and I think I've named them all after their uh, their Bunaba name for those animals. But the sawfish I made, oh, well, I attempted to make a pendant. Um, and they're, they're incredible things. So they come into um, the into fresh water or into rivers because they end up going out to salt water. Um, but they're in the fresh water in the river when they're um, juveniles until uh, they get up to maybe um, three meters and then they head out to the oceans and can get up to, I think, seven meters or something ridiculous. It's it, They're quite incredible. Wow. But they swim mm. sort of the whole length of the river and just there, um, there's been studies on them to show, you know, how far they go. And also just a part of sort of that awareness of the amazing creatures that live in the Fitzroy River and why it's so important to um, look after that and getting um, be aware of your seasons and how it changes and how it affects everything that lives there. That's kind of what inspires me when I look at sort of doing my jewelry, like what interests me, what, you know, um, all of those kind of details. It's, it's one way I can, I guess, um, get it. Uh, oh, I don't know what the word is. I share my experiences and those, um, like being on country and being able to, the different things that I may notice is one way of doing it, I guess. I love that idea that, you know, this really intimate knowledge of, of yours is how and how it's sort of being translated into these really intimate objects, you know, because people have a real connection, particularly with jewellery, which is different to sometimes the connection they have with, you know, a 2D painting, for instance. So that's really beautiful. Yeah, and I really like that 3D, like being able to hold it and see it from different angles and stuff like that. That just, I don't know, it makes it more real for me, I guess, in a way. And I love bats as well. Like I just, <laughs> oh, my bat w ring is down there. Isn't it? Yeah, it is. Yep, yeah, it's I love safe, animals. <laughs> <laughs> it's safe. They've all been counted. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, thank you. <laughs> uh, yeah, there's just so many stories uh, with like with our animals as well, like the crocodile, especially for um, Dangu. So, um, so Bunaba is our language group and the country that I'm on, and that is one of part of my heritage because I'm Bunaba from Fitzroy Crossing area, Wamajedi, which is Great Sandy Desert, and then of course I've got my English and Scottish heritage as well. And it's just, uh, I just find all of those kind of things that come together. But like uh, Bunaba, you've got down smaller, what we call Moi groups, which is our, um, I guess you call them clan groups, is a rough translation. And in that is our um, Dangu, which is now the name of um, what formerly was known as Geeky Gorge, is Dangu Gorge. But we have a story that relates to, you know, crocodiles. And, you know, I've heard that story um, throughout my life so it's been one of those um, things that I find fascinating fascinated with um, and fire and all of these kind of stuff so it's yeah there's it's interesting way of sort of relaying a story in something um, I can do or share in a way I, I can 
share and I'm not so good at, you know, um, other forms of storytelling, but in these kind of bit of art pieces, it's, you know, it gives that experience, my experience, like, you know, the, um, the, the tracks or on the ground or all the birds, but where I walk, like that's from an actual photo of um, bird tracks that I saw and just how weird they walk, like, you know, they just seem to not be sure of what directions, like, oh, I checked there, but I'm going to go back this way, and it just makes for interesting tracks. <laughs> but it also goes off, like, you know, Dad always going out and tracking animals, and you're always looking at the ground and um, following things like that, so it's just, yeah, a different way for me to tell stories. Yeah, and that comes across really strongly for me, that your sort of care for country and, and that is very much reflected in, in your works. And so can you tell us what you've been working on over the last few months? Um, yep. Yeah. <laughs> well, one of the things that I've always loved is um, barbed wire. Well, when I say love, I love the shape of it. So if anybody doesn't know what barbed wire is, so... It's when you're doing fencing and a lot of times you put up um, in between sort of the two wires that wind around uh, like barbs. So there's always a couple of sharp bits sticking out of it. But that that's very much um, of the country that we're around because we've got cattle stations everywhere. So there's always barbed wire. It's not great to be stuck on, but <laughs> it has amazing <laughs> shape. And I've always been fascinated by the shape and like you know as it rusts and changes so I've always wanted to make a sort of wire um, those like the twisted wire and those barbs in not a dangerous way but um, in just those shapes and a part of something that I've seen sort of for my whole childhood so that's one thing that I'm working on at the moment um, other things I'm sort of just sketching up is just um, once like when we first got those, um, the first casts back, which are all done in, um, with UMOB at the moment, um, was just, okay, now I got to see the physical, how it looked, how it felt. So I guess just working on different ways now that I'm learning how it goes together in, say, a actual jewellery piece and how those attachments and all the next stages that I would love to do and have a great mentor in Jess. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and um, what that looks like, I guess. that That's kind of what I've been working on now is sort of the next steps. I asked Nat a little bit more about how she came to work in sculptural and 3D practices. I've always been, I love building things. So I'm constantly been making things since I was a kid. I mean, like from dad letting me have the, um, you know, the razor blades that you, like you shave with, but the loose ones. Yeah. I used to go cut up, I'm cutting up, you know, the um, six pack, the middle parts of the six pack things and joining them together to make bracelets and um, necklaces and things. So I've always <laughs> like building whatever I could get a hold of. I would like, I like building, but jewelry because it was small and I like that refined stuff, details and um, being able to do that. And you can carry it with you instead of making big works, I guess. Yeah, and all your um, but I think. I was out, I was a ranger, um, and I think that's why I missed you first for most of your time when you were first oh, okay. up in Fitzroy. And then yeah. I changed jobs, so I was more town-based. Um, mm -hmm. And that's when I could finally sort of get back into Bunkerger, and um, I'd always bug them about if there was any kind of workshops like that to let me know. 
And as soon as I heard about it, I worked out how I could get there. It was just awesome. But um, I know you mentioned jewellery before. The first time I'd come across that wax uh, work, I think it was about three years ago when, um, I don't know if you've heard it, Manan um, Studio has a, they started Design Within Country, um, which is a um, brand, um, what do you call it, clothing? Yeah, like a label, isn't it now? Mm. A label, yeah, yeah, a label. So I was a part of that process and um, one of the people um, that was helping from Melbourne, they had different like young designers, whether one was in um, a clothing, one was a jeweller. Uh, we got to go along and they just showed us, I think we spent maybe the um, afternoon or the morning with them and I got to, it was the first time I'd seen the wax stuff up close and I could play with it. So it was interesting to just... Um, yeah, have a go, but I couldn't quite see what I wanted to do um, with it. Like, I didn't know what I could do with it, if that makes sense. I was just, uh, I don't know, I'm just trying to think of. And like I it guess was my first introduction with the wax, and I just was like, okay, what can I do with it? I wasn't sure. Yeah, I think that's what's really lovely about lots of the traditional jewellery processes is that they're so simple and they relate back to um, very early casting so first metallurgy and metal works mm. so you really can make it make it your own and whatever medium you work in so Nat you're an amazing artist and the detail in your drawings in a way translates to the detail that you can get in your your carving, so the wax being really soft, mm. really lent itself to Nat's um, sense of detail and and technique that she was already showing in other areas, in other mediums. Yeah. So the the wax that we're talking about is, um, it's a casting process. It's called lost wax casting, and it's so you make a wax that's solid, and then there's a mould that you form around that wax. And when once it's heated, where the wax wax is, it melts away. And then you're left with the mold and the molten metal can be poured into the, into the mold. And then you're left with a cast metal piece, which can be really detailed. And here Jess talks to us a little bit about the importance of place in her practice. Because I have a background in visual arts, I think I, I communicate as an artist would rather than possibly a jeweller would or a designer or, you know, I've definitely got that background in the arts. And also I think that connection to country that Nat's talking about, I have that as well to the place where I grew up up in the hills in Perth. Um, so I think I was able to, to really communicate with other artists up there, one that we're artists and two that my work also is about that connection to the environment. Um, so yeah, I was able to work with Tommy May, who is a senior Indigenous artist from Fitzroy Crossing. Um, and he works with Perspex and uses paint pens on Perspex, he makes these incredible, really large artworks, among other things. Um, so mm. with me working with Mankaja, I was able to work with different artists using whatever um, 
mediums or techniques that they were interested in and to look at the possibility to translate that into jewellery works. So yes, I've just finished a collaboration with Tommy um, and those works are currently available in my studio in the Swan Valley and also online, which is quite unusual. Normally these very special um, special artworks go to galleries in the eastern states. So it's, it's been such a lovely privilege to hang on to them for a little bit longer um, and show some people in Perth in the real what they look like. So, yeah, it's, it's been really special. Beautiful. Mm, they're fantastic. They're so beautiful. Yeah. And, like, just Tommy, the um, chance that he's gotten to explore um, a different medium and so he gets to learn and, you know, how much that um, excites him. Mm, and also me. It's like going... Yeah, it's like, hey, did you ever think that you'd be making jewellery? It's like, no. <laughs> it's a bit of an unlikely combination. He's he's probably the most senior artist there, isn't he, Nat? Yeah. He, he doesn't share his age, but he's a man of years. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, yes, having this older, respected man in the Kimberley and, you know, the, the blow-in city jeweller, um, it's, yeah, it's been a really lovely journey to to learn about also the culture up in Fitzroy Crossing, particularly the rainmaker stories. Um, mm. Yeah, I find all that so fascinating. And actually uh, that's that sort of makes me have a question just around, you know, when you're collaborating with artists and, and particularly artists who've maybe only worked in 2D, like what are some things you you look at to translate or sort of look at moving that, shifting that practice into jewellery, you know, things like sort of texture and patterning and, and working at such a different scale. Yeah, and perhaps that's why I'm able to work with other artists in that way. My background is actually um, in printmaking, so I'm very much a 2D thinker and jewellery making can also be very 2D in that you cut uh, shapes from from sheet metal but then you can fold it up in in different ways to make three dimensions. So I guess having that training and thinking of shifting from, from 2D into 3D, um, I have an understanding of other artists working in 2D and how perhaps that can turn into 3D. So for example, uh, Johnny Nalguda, another artist in the Kimberley. Um, mm, he, Uncle Johnny. Oh, is that your Uncle Johnny? <laughs> yep, um, Yeah, so he... We're, all connected. So he's traditionally worked with leather, hasn't he, Nat? So he's been, um, I yeah. guess, making saddles and repairing saddles and working on stations and having a lot of skills that are very technical and very specific. So working with him and having the time to, to spend at Munkajur and talk with him about how the leather works can translate into into wearable jewellery works. Um and again, it's very much about detail. So the detail that he's able to put into the leatherworks for for saddles, and all the um, the markings that can be made from stamps are similar to the the jewelry techniques. So mm. I guess because the techniques are really simple, um, they're almost invisible in a way. So it really lets whatever it is that the artist wants to communicate. Mm. And projects you've been working on in the last. Um, well, I've been setting up my studio shop in the Swan Valley more recently. Things have changed a little bit with the shutdowns, so I've shifted online a little bit more. Um, but I'm also making work 
that is very much reflective of my time spent in the Kimberley. So before I lived in Fitzroy, my work was very much about the details of of the hills, for the for example. So lots of leaves and lots of variations of patterns. And like Nat, I like to go walking and look at the details of the of the landscape. And so I wasn't really prepared for the massive difference moving from um, Perth Hills to to the Kimberley. So it did take me a long time to get my head around the vastness of the landscape and the the striking differences. And it was a beautiful thing to be able to drive from the hills to Fitzroy, which, how long does it take Nat? About five days, is it? Um, if you if get you, some rest? <laughs> yeah, if you get some rest, you can, with three drivers, you can do it in 24 hours. I don't recommend it. No, don't do that. Don't ever do no. that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So if you need to get to a wedding, yes, you can do that. But yeah. No, five uh, days, much better. Yeah, so there was something quite lovely about making the journey from from Perth all the way to Fitzroy Crossing. It's sort of mm. you get into that rhythm of what it is to live in the Kimberley, I think, by the time you get there. And I think <laughs> it's so important to do the drive yeah. up at least once. Yeah. You know, maybe this is a tourism WA plug at the moment. <laughs> but I highly recommend yeah. the five-day yes. drive to Fitzroy Crossing. I've done it three times know, now, there and back. It and really yeah. gives you a sense of the, the space in this amazing mm. state. It's absolutely yeah. huge. So, yeah, at the yeah, moment I'm working huge. on making works that are about that um, enormity of space and that vastness and the incredible uh, forces of, of nature up there. So a lot of my works are now about um, wild weather systems and, and bigger things, much bigger than small leaves and, and bugs and details of, of like a hills forest floor landscape. Um, but I can see the... The similarities. So instead of leaves being detailed for me, now massive storms become detail, which kind of has expanded my universe. <laughs> so yeah, just trying to just trying to get all that into a pair of earrings at the moment. <laughs> That's all for this week. Thanks a lot for listening. A reminder to tell your friends if they enjoy visiting the Art Centre to subscribe to our podcast. Like and review it if you can. It helps us get in front of people easier. But uh, we'll speak to you next week.